Hello, welcome back to the Divinely You podcast. Ah, this is Sarah Waggle. I'm your host. It's so good to be back with you again and recording for you again and sharing this wonderful Divinely You podcast with you. Um, so follow me on Instagram, SEW Coaching, um, or Patreon at patreon.com slash divinely you. Um, and so I'm just going to dive in. I'm excited about this episode. Um, I'm out, I'm usually excited about all of the episodes, but this one, I am sharing with you the thing I thought I couldn't do. So a little backstory. Um, in 2010, my awesome college buddy and I, he invited me um, on a trip to California. And um, I think this was only maybe like the second or third time I had flown. So he's like, I'm taking you on a vacation because I didn't even know like how to go on a vacation. I had been working for like four or five years and I didn't know like how to go on a vacation. And so he decided that he was going to take me on a vacation. And we went to Disneyland in California, went to Disney, we went to Universal Studios, had a blast. And I knew immediately I needed to live in California. Like I just knew it was warmer, it was dry heat. It was amazing. I loved it. It was easy to get at the time vegan food. Um, at the time I was vegan, not that it's easy, it's, it's still easy to get vegan food in California. Um, so, um, I was like, I need to live here. This is just amazing. And, um, uh, <clears throat> so I had this story that I couldn't go to California or live in California until I had the right job or the right relationship, um, to make the move happen. And so my sad, my sad ass stayed in Chicago, um, for, um, the next 10 years. And I, I knew if I was going to go, first of all, the reason I thought I needed the right relationship was because I wanted it to be a road trip. Um, I love road trips. I love seeing things. I love going into different places and like meeting people in different environments than I live in. It's really enlightening for me to be in on road trips. And so I wanted it to be a road trip. Well, so I was then informed about the California Zephyr, which is an Amtrak train, and it runs from Chicago to Emeryville, um, California, which is just on the east side of San Francisco. It's right next to Berkeley, just north of Oakland. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I just decided that I was going to go to California. And in preparation for it, I started to downsize my stuff. First of all, I had moved from a two bedroom in 2018 to um, a one bedroom. I had moved from a two to a one bedroom. So I downsized significantly there. But I knew to take this trip, I was going to have to downsize a whole hell of a lot more because what I really didn't want to do was leave my crap in storage um, while I, you know, thinking that I was going to live in California. So got rid of as much as I could, whatever was left, I sold to the people that took over my lease and, um, that's it. I took a train <laughs> to California 
and I loved it. I had a blast. It was beautiful. Um, I met some cool people. Um, so what happened when I got to California? I lived in an Airbnb for the first uh, two months or so, maybe a little over two months. I lived in an Airbnb. It was a um, a, a house that was divided into several rooms for Airbnb. And so I lived in an Airbnb for two months. I shared a refrigerator with, or two, I guess it was two refrigerators. So I shared refrigerators and, um, space with that many people. And it was challenging. There wasn't any privacy. Um, and so that was, that was challenging. Um, I would go to the library a lot to do my coaching work, um, and, you know, do all of my stuff and, um, that kind of thing. But even that got taxing. Um, but it was an experience. Um, and then I got hired at a camp for, um, blind and visually impaired folks of all ages from adults down to children and families. Um, and I worked as a camp counselor at the age of 41. I loved it. It was six weeks long. Um, I loved it. It was very tiring, very mentally draining in some respects, but it was a blast. I was in the mountains. Um, I remember I have so many vivid memories. Um, but one memory that I have is, um, when I, was staying in a cabin with a bunch of us lady counselors were staying in a cabin together. Um, and I woke up and stood in the middle of the night and got up, you know, to go to the, where we had to go to porta potties. We went to, got up to go to the porta potty. And one of the other girls was like, can I go with you? And I was like, of course you can come with me. And she's all like so happy that I woke up so she could go to the porta potty. And we walked outside and the full moon was illuminating like everything around us. And we like in the middle of, we just gasped at how glorious it was, how beautiful it was to see the moon just lighting up everything around us. And we were just completely stunned. And then we kind of joked that we had this romantic moonlit walk to the porta potties together. <laughs> so it was really fun feeling. Um, I hiked in the mountains. Um, there were lots of jokes about me being from the Midwest um, and how I always thought I was going to fall off the mountain and um, all of those things. And so, um, but I had a really, really great experience working at camp, being a camp counselor, um, learning lots of things and, um, having a lot of freedom to just, you know, use my cane and, and to show younger folks that it's okay to use a cane and, and work and do your thing and be an adult and all of these things. It was really fantastic. And I loved being that level of a role model for not only the kids and the adults, but for the parents that came to family camp, um, you know, they got to see a lot of the camp counselors who were blind or low vision using their canes to get around and, and it being completely like, like that was just the thing. Right. And so, um, I could go into a lot of rabbit holes about why using a cane can be really uncomfortable, but, um, that's maybe enough, maybe the next episode is to talk about that. Um, but it was really fun. I had a great time. And of course, if you know me, I love, love, love being outside. Um, and, and so I just, I just couldn't get enough. And so, um, but it was also again, tiring taxing. So it was fun when it was done. Um, so then I moved in with a family of five after camp. 
Um, and so it was a husband and wife and they had an eight year old, a four year old and a two year old at the time. And I shared, um, a space with them. And so they rented a room to me in their house and that was fun. Shared a refrigerator with them. Um, sometimes we shared food. Sometimes we shared adult beverages and, uh, <laughs> um, I enjoyed their patio a lot. I loved being outside, um, it was, that was always my favorite place to be, um, was outside on the deck. And, um, so that was fun. And during that time I hosted workshops. Um, I hosted three different workshops at a local, um, blindness and low vision nonprofit. And, um, I, yeah, did the thing. I hosted workshops and got paid for it. It was great. Um, what else did I do during that time? I, so, um, one of the families or one of the households that I visited most frequently was, um, a friend that, so my college friend that took me to Cal to, took me to California originally was in San Francisco, has, has lived there since 2011, I think. And, um, so when I landed in California that very day, he, um, called me up and said, Hey, we're going to our friends in Berkeley. So meet us there. Just go to this place and take the train to here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got lost trying to find the train station, um, but made it to this household. And, um, this household was a husband and wife and they happen to be foster. They foster, um, for guide dogs for the blind, which is based in San Rafael, California. Um, so right across the bay from where they lived, and so they always had a house full of dogs and it was great. If you know me, I love dogs. I had a blast. I loved all of these dogs and, and they would all come and say hello and all of the things. And sometimes they would sit at your feet as you ate dinner and it was great. But I loved the household. Not only was it a beautiful home, beautiful big house, um, but there was lots of activities going on. We often cooked there. Um, and we cooked things from scratch and it was really fun. We tried different recipes and, and things like that. And they also home brewed beer. So that was fantastic. I had, um, home brewed stout frequently. Um, I think that's where I pretty much solidified that I was a stouts and porters woman. Um, I am certainly not an, I, I don't mind ales, uh, seasonal ales are good, but I, what I noticed is that ales have become IPAs and I don't like IPA period. The end of story. I don't like them. Um, and so I thought it was awesome that he brewed, uh, um, stout and, um, so there was always, always stuff going on at that house and I really had fun and I, I really respected the couple. Um, just really, um, they were such a partnership and I really admired it and I really enjoyed it. And, um, I actually house sit house sat for them a couple of times and I enjoyed every minute of being in their house. They had this giant house and I was there by myself and I loved it. It was great. Um, I met so many different people along my journey in nonprofits, in businesses, in, um, other industries. Um, and it was just so phenomenal to just be in this energy of like all these different kinds of people. Um, so California did not work out by January, the family I was staying with, they needed the room. Um, and so it was time for me to move on and that's okay. The, you know, um, so I, I, 
diligently looked for a place for probably about a week, but I was like, eh, this is really not happening. And I kind of was running out of steam for living in California. Um, I loved all of the big things. Um, I obviously loved the ocean. I loved seeing the sights and things like that. But the day to day was actually pretty disgusting. Um, constantly interacting with homeless people and dirty, filthy things and places on a day to day basis was actually really tiring. It was gross. Um, so when they told me that they needed, they needed me to leave, I, like I said, I looked for a minute, but I honestly was ready to go. And so I was like, where am I going to go? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my mom's cause I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> um, so I was going to go live with my mom. However, I was also then going to take a, an extended trip to go visit my friend in Arizona. Um, she and I made friends in 2014 in Chicago um, and she had moved to Arizona in 2016, um, to be with her ailing mom and had invited me to come and stay with her. You know, she's like, well, if California doesn't, doesn't pan out, you can always come in and hang out here in Arizona. I was not a big fan of doing this. I was like, I don't know, Arizona. I don't know about that heat and the transit or lack thereof. And I'm not someone as someone who doesn't drive, I have low vision, so don't drive. I don't like to be in places where I can't get about, where I can't get around. So if I can't go anywhere, I feel a little trapped and get a little squirmy and um, I don't like it. So I was reluctant to go to Arizona, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to go for a couple of months, hang out with her, um, enjoy the warm weather because it'll be cold in Illinois where my mom lives. And so we'll do this thing. But the plan ultimately was to go back and live with my mom in Illinois. And I just the whole grieving process of like California didn't work. The dream didn't work. Um, and that I was going to have to go back and live in Illinois. Um, my mom lives in a really small town in which as a blind person, I can't get anywhere. Um, except maybe like the post office and a couple of other places. That's about it. There's not... Like I can't get to the grocery store or the library, those kinds of important things were kind of, uh, are kind of not, not doable in this town. And so I sat for probably once I made, like made the choice, I'm like, I'm going to leave California, go to Arizona, go to my mom's, go to Arizona, come back and live with my mom. I bawled. I cried for out for probably about 12 hours. I probably cried. Um, just grieving that a California didn't work and B that I was going to have to go and live with my mom in Illinois. This was just not how it was supposed to go. And I was really upset. So I got it out of my system, got all of the, the emotions. Um, I could again, have another episode about how to, you know, the, the importance of processing emotions and not making choices when you're emotional. I didn't make any decisions, didn't make any plans. I just grieved. I just allowed the emotions. And so I'm like, all right, well, first things first, I got to get myself from California back to Illinois. Um, and then I needed to retrieve my storage, which was in a friend's storage unit in the suburbs. And I needed to get to my mom's. So that was part one of the trip. And then in three weeks after that, I was going to go to Arizona. Um, and so within 48 hours, 
the trip was planned. So from about nine o'clock Monday night till about nine o'clock on Wednesday night, I managed to plan taking the train back from California back to Chicago, going to a friend's house, staying the night there, going out to the suburbs and meeting my mom in the suburbs and getting my storage, getting down to my mom's, staying there for three weeks, and then flying out to Phoenix. All of this got planned. By the way, again, I'm going to say I don't drive, so this included lots of moving people. <laughs> right? Because some people have to meet me in places. I don't drive. <laughs> so um, I was very much like this must be divine alignment because to m- get that many moving parts and moving people to align that quickly, like I just that solidified that I was making the right choice to do this, to go back, move my storage, go out to Phoenix. All of it was divine alignment to me. So now is the point in the story. I'm going to tell you that I flew to Phoenix on February 26th of 2020. (laughs) And now you know why I'm still in Arizona. Because the world shut down two or so weeks. I think I think Arizona shut down on March 17th. My roommate likes to, my friend likes to remember. She knows exactly when it was. Because we literally like walked out of places and the next day we couldn't go to them. Everything went down on June, on March 17th. And so <clears throat> I'm sure all of us has our moment that we remember when our state announced that um, we were shutting down for whatever period of time. We only got two months in Arizona. Um, but so, you know, two months and then I was like, the things were starting to get crazy. And I was just like, I just talked to my mom. I talked to my friend. I was like, I don't think this is a really good time to fly back home. And we all agreed. And so I was like, well, I I guess I'm going to stay in Arizona. Um, and so here I still am 15 months later, I'm still in Arizona and, uh, I'm actually, I've applied for an apartment for the first time since uh, 2018, so it's been three or more years. It's been three years since I've had my own place and my own space and my own um, refrigerator and kitchen and all of those things. Um, My storage has since made its way out to Phoenix, and I did fly during COVID. I have to say, flying during COVID was probably the easiest flying ever. The airport was empty. My whole plane was practically empty. It was great. I thought it was easy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my nomadic journey that I didn't even know I was really on. I mean, I kind of did. um, But it's coming to an end or at least it's pausing. I don't necessarily think it's ending. I think it's pausing. Um... But I didn't think I could do it. And right before I was heading to California, I hired a coach. Um, If you know, you guys know I'm a coach and I'm into personal development and all of these things. And when you're looking to do something big with your life, I do recommend hiring a coach, not because you're not capable, but because you have a guidance person. You know, I hired a coach who had been in the Midwest and had moved to California so that I would have someone that I could bounce shit off of. 
Um, and that person to be like, yes, you're going to find that who you were in the Midwest is not who you'll be in California. Because there's some of that part, those parts of you that you have to shed to, to level up out here. Um, and there were other things like, um, um, oh, the problems that you had where you once lived. This is kind of the whole, like, um, uh, don't run from something, but run to something, right? So if you had an issue with where you lived, that issue will follow you wherever you go. Um, so I noticed there was behaviors that I had in Chicago that I also had in California. And I was like, I thought it would be different. And it wasn't going to be different until I made it different. So you do grow and you do shed, uh, but you got to want that to happen. Um, and so, um, you know, when I talk about hiring a coach, look for a coach who's been through the thing you want to go through. Because they're going to be an ally for you. They, they, you know, they have some idea of what the process is, right? If you're looking to get healthy, you're not going to hire a financial advisor, right? Or vice versa. If you're trying to get your finances in order, you're not going to hire a personal trainer or a nutritionist. Um, and so when you're, when you're coach shopping, um, you know, look for a coach who's, who's got what you're going after or who, who's getting to where you're going after, uh, because they'll be able to support you along the way and help you clear some of that old gunk out of the way. Um, so I did, I hired a coach who had lived in the Midwest and had gone on to California and, um, she and I worked together as I transitioned, you know, through this part of my life. And, and that was fantastic to have her, um, along the way. And even in 2020, as I was going through the craziness of 2020, I had a coach the whole time, thank God. Um, and my friend had her support network and thank God that we did. We share an awfully small space um, to be quarantined and, uh, you know, two almost different personalities and we weren't planning to be in the same space for more than a couple of months. Um, <laughs> so, um, it, it took some, some work on both of our parts to be able to, you know, not kill each other, <laughs> but be able to respect each other's viewpoints on the circumstances at hand. And so, so I did the thing I thought I couldn't do. Not only did I live in California for 10 months, um, but I was a nomad for 10 months, for two years, I've been a nomad. Um, yeah, I've pretty much been sitting still in Arizona, but I still don't have my own place. So I feel like that still makes me a nomad. <laughs> um, but yeah. And the big question is like, would I do it again? Oh yeah. And a heartbeat. I do want the circumstances to be a little different. I do still want the road trip, you know, um, RV or camper type of, of, of nomadic life. Um, you know, that just sounds super fun to me. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a partner, a life partner, like a, a husband. And maybe that is a friend who wants to do that kind of a road trip with me. Um, and what I, one of the biggest things I've learned over the last few years is that it shows up, it shows up how it shows up. And, you know, there are things about this journey. I thought that I would, you know, fall in love and meet someone and that didn't happen or has not happened but I met lots of friends and I was able to, to meet new people. 
and have some lots of new friends that I'm able to still keep in touch with. And so, and I've done a lot of personal healing. So I now know more about what I want in a relationship than I probably ever have in my entire life to where I can literally talk to somebody in five minutes and know this is not for me. This is not the person that I want to be with. So that's my journey. I wanted to share that with you. And then I wanted to leave you with a question, which is, what is the thing you're telling yourself that you cannot do? What are you telling yourself you can't do? Because I, for 10 or years or more, told myself I couldn't do this thing. I couldn't be a nomad. I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't do the road trip or I couldn't share space or I couldn't um, whatever. I was actually terrified I wouldn't be able to keep the roof over my head. And I managed that. <laughs> um, I didn't starve. I didn't, uh, I didn't waste away. In fact, I, I, I would say I did pretty damn good. I had a gym membership. I've had gym memberships in every place. So I had one in Chicago, obviously I had one in San Francisco and I have one here in, in Glendale. So I've had gym memberships everywhere I've gone. Um, I've met people I've interact, you know, I've, I've, I've always had food. I've always, you know, there's never been a moment where I couldn't maintain basic life needs. And so what are you, what are you saying you can't do? And what's, and, and, and what's the circumstance? Like, why are you saying you can't do it? Because I let this hold me down, imprison me for 10 years before I said, hell yeah, I got to do this. And if you're curious, my timing, I turned 40 and I determined that I couldn't do cold anymore. (laughs) And now I'm 42. And when I went back to the Midwest last year, when I was 41, I'm telling you, I really can't do cold anymore. So there you go. My brothers like to tease me because, you know, you lived in Chicago for 15 years. Now you can't handle 30 degrees. Nope. Actually, I can't. (laughs) All bundled up in a jacket that goes down to my shins. I'm freezing in 30 degree weather. (laughs) So, (laughs) so there you have it. So I, 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 I'm glad you enjoyed the story. I hope you got something from it. If you would like to ask me questions um, about it, I welcome them. Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram at sewcoaching. You can reach out to me via email, sewcoaching at gmail.com. Um, however that works for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Sarah Waggle. If you are new to me, I am a well-being leadership coach. I'm an artist and a crafter. Notably, I crochet a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm an accessible tech consultant. I am a writer. I'm a. I'm obviously a podcast host. <laughs> I'm also a public speaker. So if you're looking for a guest speaker for your group, please feel free to contact me for that. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Divinely You podcast. I look forward to seeing you, hearing you, or speaking to you via the next episode. Take care, lovelies.